Hey, my name's David. My name's Tyler. We're the Shapiros, and this is Double Overtime. All right, welcome back to another episode of Double Overtime with your host, David. Tonight, I have Anthony with me instead of Tyler. We'll be doing Anth time the entire time. How's it going, Ant? Evening, David. What's going on? Not much, man. Uh, a, lot, a lot of exciting stuff going on. The NHL playoffs are... You know, almost fully, fully found out for the finals. Uh, same right. thing with the NBA. We got a lot going on in baseball, and we're gonna we're gonna touch on some football since we got you on the show. But let's start with baseball, something we haven't talked about for for a minute. Um, before we do that, give us a follow on Twitter at the double underscore ot. Follow us on Apple Podcast. Uh, just search double overtime. Subscribe. Give us a rating. Let us know what you think. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and jump into baseball, Ant. How about the surging Yankees right now? Nine and one in their last ten games. You know, a team that was struggling for a while. That um, they're they're tied for first now with Boston. Yeah, the Yankees are so fun to watch, aren't they? With the amount of power they have in that lineup, and then not to mention you bring up that young kid, Gleyber Torres, uh, former Cubby, right? In, in our in our uh, in our system, but yeah, they're fun, man. Nine, like you said, nine and one in the last ten games. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and, and Gleyber Torres has been killing it. Um, I know he's, he's played 16 games, so he kind of came up um, halfway through the start of their season. But, yeah, I mean, he his first career home run was that walk-off. And, yeah, you, you touched right on it, the power. You know, that's what makes baseball exciting, you know, seeing a lot of home runs, um, seeing a lot of runs scored, and the Yankees are, are right there, you know, producing with the big bats of, you know, Aaron Judge, um, obviously Giancarlo coming over, who's starting to look a little bit better, Gary Sanchez, Didi Gregorius, who's been killing it. They are a lot of fun to watch. They're deep. They are deep. I, you know, we'll we'll see how the pitching holds up with them. You know, and that's kind of where I feel like the Red Sox might differ in that regard with the uh, with the pitches that that they have. But you know, I, I know you would agree with this. Baseball is a lot better over the summer when the Yankees are competing and and you know in in play to uh, push for the World Series championship. Yeah, and, and baseball is just better in summer. No one. I mean, we talked about it earlier, me and Tyler, about the cold weather and balls don't fly as far. Games aren't as fun to be at. And this is this is when baseball, you know, starts to get exciting, um, especially here in you know about a month when basketball wraps up and the NHL wraps up. Um, it'll just be baseball for a while. So uh, I, I I really love baseball. Obviously, I know you do. Our Cubbies three game winning streak against the worst team in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> right at the right time, right? Marlins yeah. and then the White Sox coming in right at the right time. Hey, you gotta you gotta take care of the easy ones. Sure do. But um, what do you think, man? You think the Yankees? And uh, end up beating the Red Sox for for the division. I know it's a it's a long season, but what do you think? Yeah, right. I mean, we're only in what now the second week of May. Um, you know, those two teams they are going to be fighting each other the whole season, in my opinion. Like I said, both lineups are stacked. Uh, you know, you got a lot of younger, um, you know, get on base type guys with the Red Sox, and, and the Yankees are going to beat you with just the the, the power and the home run ball. To me, it's about the pitching staff, David, as, as you know. And usually, we all know, like, pitching staff is going to be very important come playoffs. But I also think in the regular season, like, if the Yankees pitching staff keeps this up, I mean, they've been dominant. I don't know if that's going to continue to happen. You know, they don't have the big names like the Red Sox do. Uh, you know, but 
it's it's an interesting race. I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching that. Yeah, I mean, Luis Severino is a beast. He is he's unreal and he's very fun to watch. Throws a fastball in the in the mid to upper nineties. I mean, CC Sabathia is like ageless. He's been incredible this year. <laughs> yeah. And, and then of course Chapman coming out of the bullpen. Um, but yeah, I think it, whatever team can keep up the starting pitching and. Um, we'll see what happens with the Red Sox and David Price, but you know they have Chris Sale over there as well. Porcello, who was a Cy Young winner two years ago, he's looked like himself this year. It's going to be the best, in my opinion, race for a division title, and probably the best record in the MLB. Yeah, I I, I agree completely. And as I was kind of touching on, you know, the, that Yankee Red Sox rivalry, man, it's probably one it's of bad. the better rivalries in sports. You no know? doubt. And, and, you know, I mean, how many years has it been where both teams have been this dominant to start the season? And, and again, that's just better for baseball. I mean, you know, you know, summer's going to be fantastic watching those games. I know they're actually in the middle of a series right now. Yeah. Uh, but it, uh, I'm really, I'm really interested to see how that that pans out. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Baseball is very, 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 very exciting when you know these two teams, you know, they historically have been very good. You know, always playing each other in the division, always playing each other in the postseason for the most part when they're successful. I mean, that that's fun. No one will forget when the Red Sox came back and it was against the Yankees 3-0 in the playoffs. Um, yeah, I, I think these two are going to be fighting, you know, till till the end. And it, it's it's really cool that they get to play in the same division and we get to see these two young electric teams go at it for a full season. Um, but what, what team so far, you know, looking... At, I guess at all the teams, what what division would you say has been the the best division in all of baseball for you? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I mean, kind of since we've been talking about the AL East, I mean, they have to be at the top, right? Top of the conversation with those two those two powerhouses. I think one thing to touch on with that, it's a shame because these two teams, man, they're going to be fighting for 95, 98, 100 wins. And one of them is going to be a wild card team. I know the Cubs were, were having to deal with that a couple of years ago when they had the third best record in baseball or the National League, and they were a wild card team. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I would, I would go with the AL East. You know, I think it's interesting because – with the East again, you have the two powerhouses, but then you—I mean—you have a bunch of crap, you know, at, at the bottom, uh, especially with Baltimore and Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, the Blue Jays are, are decent at the moment. I don't think that's going to pan out. You know, you have some other some other divisions. The AL West—you got the two teams at the top. What are, I mean, think about the Cubs division right now. The Cubs are four games over five hundred, yet they're in fourth place. I mean, only by a game out. You know, so all those those teams are going to probably compete with one another throughout the season here, but I don't know. I'm still going AL East just because the two powerhouses, in my opinion. I don't think it's the deepest division in baseball, but I think the two powerhouses, you know, they're, they're two of the top three teams, uh, maybe in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, as far as, like, run differential in the league, besides the Astros, um, the, the Red Sox and Yankees are, are two and three, um, respectively. Um, you know, we talked about, about the Orioles. They've been a, a major disappointment not that anyone really thought they were going to be a playoff team, but they right. they kind of come into every season, you know, as an underdog. And actually, and for the last like five or six years, I think they've had like the second best record in the MLB, the Baltimore Orioles. Really? Um, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I, I'm gonna I'll I'll do some research on that for next show. But I know like the last you know five six years they've they've been in the playoffs, and especially in a division where it's either the Yankees have been dominant. Or the Red Sox have been dominant. We haven't really seen them together being dominant like this year. Yeah, um, right. 
And, and even the Blue Jays in the past who have oh, been... the Blue Jays lately, the last three or four seasons... Yeah, no doubt, no teams. doubt. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. That, that's an interesting, if that's accurate, I mean, that's very interesting because, I, you know, I knew Baltimore, like, Baltimore had a lot of talent, you know what I mean, with, with, with uh, you know, Machado and, and, you know, they had Adam Jones, and I, I think even they, I mean, obviously they still have some of these guys, and they, I think for them it's always been the pitching, right? They've never had the, the dominant pitching, which has kind of held them back. Yeah, but, no doubt. Very interesting. Uh, for me, though, when I look at the best team, best division, I'm sorry, um, it, it, it kind of comes down to two for me, and one of them would be the the NL Central. Like you said, the oh, Cubs. Yeah. Yeah, the Cubs okay. are four games above 500, and yet they're in fourth place. Like you said, only by a game. For me, the Cubs don't have a dominant team in that division. I think the Cubs end up being that dominant team in the division when it's all said and done. But the right. Cardinals, you know, they're they're the best franchise in baseball for the last you know what 15 years yeah sure decade plus i mean what what team can trade the best player in baseball in albert pujols and then get better the next year um the pirates you know they've they've kind of been up and down so far they've had a good start to the year milwaukee's on the rise obviously cincinnati's been a big disappointment um this was kind of the year people thought that they might make that that leap and you know have a chance to at least be competitive in the division um, but the other division that I, I'm kind of leaning towards is in the AL, and the AL West actually is it yes, is the one yes, I'm thinking of. That would be a good one. Yeah, I mean you have Houston, who obviously we know what they did, defending champions, 24 and 15. Um, the Angels, who are exciting to watch with the best player in baseball, Mike Trout and Otani, uh, 22 yeah. and 14. The Mariners at 20 and 14, and then uh, the Athletics hanging around at 18 and 19. Um, when the Texas Rangers are the worst team in that division, you know that's a good division. Yeah. So, that's a valid point, valid point. You know what? It's interesting, and I want to run this by you. Speaking just about the National League here for a second, and, and maybe even touching on the NL Central, the, a team like the Pirates, right? And, and, you know, I know the Brewers, to me, it was always going to be a Cubs, Brewers. I guess you could throw the Cardinals in there. Like, I don't think the, the Cardinals have enough, you know, uh, you know, power in the lineup. Like, I don't think they have enough stars to compete all season long. Like, I know the Brewers were kind of up and coming. The Pirates are shocking, you know, getting rid of McCutcheon, getting rid of some of your starting pitching last offseason, and and yet they're sitting here five games over 500 playing base, like good baseball. You know yeah. what I mean? I think that's interesting. No, I, I mean, I agree. Um, they've been a pretty streaky team this year. You know, kind of looking at their schedule, they had a stretch where they lost five in a row and then came back and won five in a row, lost four in a row, then won like four out of the next five. Um, right. But yeah, right. I mean, they've they've been pretty good. They've played well, you know, against teams like the Brewers, you know, in the division. Um, they, for the most part, have beaten the bad teams, which is what you need to do. Baseball is baseball. You know, anyone can beat anyone on any given day. Um, we've seen that oh, with the no. Cubs, obviously. But yeah, I mean, I, I wholeheartedly agree. You know, to get rid of McCutcheon, you know, the face of your franchise, to get rid of Garrett Cole, who was the ace of that pitching staff for years. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think many people expected them. I, I, I was on air, I think, in our first episode, saying they would be the worst team in the National League. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. No, that's interesting. And and I'll, I'll throw another division out there that I think is is an interesting one. And and maybe overall, you know, I know we were talking about Yankees Red Sox here being an interesting race. 
But how about the NL East, right? So what the heck are the Braves doing at 20 and 14? What are the Phillies doing at 20 and 15? What are the Mets doing a game over 500? Obviously the Nationals struggle, but I mean this is going to be Nationals division, right? I mean I don't think we can we can disagree on that. I don't. They're only a game and a half out. I'm not concerned. But that division is very interesting and very shocking to me. Yeah, I agree. If you told me the Nationals were going to go nine and one in their last ten games and be in third place. I would have slapped you in the face. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean yeah. the, I mean people expected you know, a little bit for the Phillies to kind of make that leap. Um, they've been very, very bad for the last couple of years. And you know when we were younger, you know in high school and even before that, they were they were a dominant team. You know Jimmy Rollins, Cole Hamels, Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, um, and they they really fell off. And and now they're kind of back. Um, but the Braves, no doubt, have been the most surprising team to me. You know, plus 43 run differential. They score the ball um, at the highest rate in the league, I believe. They're exciting. They're young. Yeah, and and it has been a very surprising division. I agree. You know, only one team is under 500 in that. The Mets have fallen off, but the Marlins are supposed to be the worst team in baseball, so we can't really expect anything else from them. Right. What about the worst division for you? Oh, this is a no-brainer. Yeah, right? no-brainer. This, yeah. yeah this is, sorry, Ty, but the AL Central is flat garbage at the moment. I mean, your 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 first place team is five hundred. Right? Yeah. The Indians. Uh, again, I, you know, this maybe is a different show. I think the Indians. I still think are going to go. You know that, that you know whoever comes out of the AL East is going to be powerhouse. Houston's going to be powerhouse. I still love the Indians starting staff. Like I love their pitching. I love their bullpen. Although as of late, like they've been pretty bad since Miller went to the DL. Um, and, and, and pitching and bullpen is what's going to take you far. There's no doubt, especially in October. I like the Indians, but at 18 and 18 right now, that division I have to say is the worst in baseball. Yeah, it's not. It's not close. Um, and then the good thing about that division being so bad for the Indians is that they don't need to play their best baseball the entire year. Sure. Um, like yeah. teams like the Yankees or Red Sox or Cubs, Nationals, whoever that may be. Um, you know, it's. It's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> they have, uh, besides the Baltimore Orioles, I believe two of the worst records and three of the five worst records in baseball in that division. Um, as a division, they have one team, and it's the Indians, that have a plus run differential, and it's plus eight. But as a division, they're minus 126 in run that's differential. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, no, that one's not even close. There's there's no other division that's been that bad. Um I, I mean, I'm looking at all the divisions, and I can't, I can't even compare it. I don't think we've seen because even when there's a bad division, usually there's one team that's just like dominating it. But yeah, the Indians, who we thought would be dominating it, are just sitting at 500. And then the Twins, who are supposed to be, you know, good this year, have been pretty, have been struggling for the most part, and they're sitting a couple games under. Yeah, they're, they're probably just beating each other up, and and nobody's able to pull away. Actually, it's interesting because. You know, the Twins just swept the Cardinals right out of the NL Central the last couple of days. And I think the Indians went, what, 1-1. One one. Uh, I think they were playing Milwaukee, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, it seems like the, so far the, the AL Central has, has done uh, pretty well. Actually, the Cubs Sox coming up this weekend, so we'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, that division's bad. Yeah, you're right. They did split with, um, with the Brewers. But, yeah, I mean... It, I don't have any doubt that Cleveland will end up winning that division by a, you know, a hefty amount. I agree with you. At the end of the day, they're one of the teams that has to be a favorite. I mean, that man, that AL is really good. The top teams in the AL all, all can win a World Series. Yankees, Red Sox, Astros, and Indians. Um, but maybe the, you know, the lack of competitiveness in this division 
helps them in the long run. Um, you know, no need to rush people back at the end of the year, assuming they'll be up by, you know, whatever, five, ten games on the on the Twins. So we'll see. You know, we've we've seen how good they've been. You know, last year they had, I believe, the best record in the AL besides maybe the Astros, and they, they got uh, taken out in the first round. So we'll see. I think by by the end of it, we'll we'll be seeing them going very far in the playoffs. I know Tyler had them in the in the World Series against um, the Cubbies. He had the Indians. Yeah, he had the Cubs beating the Indians, and I had the Cubs beating the Yankees. What are you thinking if you had to make your uh, prediction right now? It's that's a very good question, and one I, I you know I was hoping you weren't going to ask. That's, <laughs> that's a tough one. You know, I look. I'm going to stand by the pitching. Okay, I'm going to stand by pitching and the bullpen. You know the teams out of the AL East. They have they have a fantastic. The bullpens are both great. Um, what is the pitching staff going to do if you're the Yankees, and what is the pitching staff going to do if you're the Red Sox? The Red Sox have some dominant arms, but they haven't proven anything in the playoffs. And and my whole thing is until you can prove that, and if you're Chris Sale and you're you're you know um, who who else? They got Price, right? David Price, like yep. some of these guys that have just been flat out awful. And until you prove me otherwise, I have no. Uh, you know, respect for, for, for what you do in the playoffs. So I, I don't think it's going to be the Red Sox, okay, of, of the two. Uh, maybe the Yankees. Um, I, man, I'm going Houston, I think, still. I think Houston's going to go back. They have a dominant starting rotation, uh, especially at the top of it. Uh, the offense is there. I'm going to go with I'm, I'm gonna go with Houston out of the AL. Um, and then in the NL, it's tough, man. Have, you know, when have you seen fourteen or uh, a, a team go to the NL or the uh, I'm sorry, the uh, National League Championship game series four years in a row, right? Like it doesn't happen. Uh, and, but I'm still going to go with the Cubs just because obviously my hometown team. I, I think they have the most talent on that roster. They're deep. Again, is the pitching staff going to hold out? We'll see. Um, I don't know if I like the bullpen um, as much as some of these other teams, but I'm going to still go with the Cubs. Yeah, I agree with you about the bullpen. I mean. They're they're a great regular season bullpen, but I mean, I love Carl Edwards Jr. But I get nervous every time that man comes out to throw the ball. Everybody, everybody that comes out, and, and the thing too about it, David, and we've known from the last three years, Joe Madden just doesn't He's an idiot. trust anybody. He doesn't trust anybody in our bullpen, and that doesn't help. Like you know, it it just doesn't help. I mean, you got you got guys that will play like every game in one series and then not play at all yeah. the next year. Let me ask you this. Um, I was actually yeah. having this conversation with Bubba. We have it all the time. Um, we obviously, we acknowledge that the Cubs would not have been in the position to win a World Series without Joe Madden. Obviously, what he does to bring a team together is kind of unmatched. You know, he's, he's a player's manager for sure. Um, but there's also times where we think he has managed the Cubs out of games, out of playoff series. Um, what do you think of Joe Madden as a manager? I personally, you know, I'm torn because he is that great players manager, but I think as far as managing a game, I think he's one of the worst in the MLB. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting question. That's one that I that I think about to myself a lot. Um, look, you know what? He's going to go down as a Hall of Fame coach. He's the guy who got the Cubs that World Series championship. He's never going to, I mean, to this point, he probably doesn't buy a beer or, or, or food in the city of Chicago at all, right? I mean, he's just going to go down as an all-time cup manager. I personally, though, like, I don't know if I disagree with anything you're saying. Like, he does some things that just, I don't like how he manages the bullpen. Like, yeah, day, yeah. I don't I don't like that, especially in the playoffs, especially in the playoffs. Um, look, 
it won. But you know, it, it worked. We won a World Series. Had we not won a World Series, like he would have been ran out. He would have been run out of town. I think by now. Yeah. Um, with with the way he was managing managing the games. It's a great question, David. I, I don't know if I have an answer for that. I, I don't know if I would say. I mean, I don't watch enough baseball with some of these other teams to see how some of their managers are managing the game. So I don't know if he'd be the worst, right, in baseball. But he definitely does some things that are very interesting. Um, and let me. And, and here's the follow up too. What do the Cubs think about him, right? Because he they haven't they haven't gave him an extension, at least to my knowledge, right? I mean, am I mistaken on that? No, I think you're correct about that. Yeah. So that. You know, I think he's got like a year left or maybe two years. Like they haven't given him an extension either. So what do they think about him is probably the better question right now. Uh, because he has taken the team to three and up. Like what are they waiting on? You know what I mean? What If he wants to be here, like what are they waiting on? There's got to be something. Yeah. I, I, I kind of think that this year might be the, the determining factor. Um, I mean, obviously, like you said, you know, we've been to three straight NL championship series. Yeah, we, we won the wow. World Series. Um, you know, he finds a way to get it done. But some of the things that he does, man, like I just feel like we wouldn't have to worry about being in some of the positions we're in if he doesn't make those decisions. But like I said, I mean, undoubtedly, the reason we won the World Series with such a young team was the way he brought that team together, the way he made it fun to watch the Cubs, and and it, it is tough. You know, if I'm if I'm the person that's given you know Joe Madden the extension, I don't know. I mean, I I personally watch a lot of the games, and it's very frustrating to see what he does with the bullpen. Um, how he had the you know experiment of having the pitcher hit eighth, Kyle Schwarber hitting leadoff for so long last year. Like there were so many things that went wrong that I don't think we're in the positions to have to play catch up if he's not our manager. If that makes sense, I. Uh, to me, I think it depends on, you know, I, I, from what I see, obviously, on the outside, I mean, it, it, it seems like a team that loves playing for him, right? I think the, I think the players love him. They oh, yeah, him. no doubt. I, I think that's very important. Again, could you, like, when have you seen a team fire a manager who's gone to maybe four straight National League championship games? The only one I can some. think of is Dusty with the Nationals, who obviously they didn't go to four straight NLCSs, but they were one of the best teams in baseball for the yeah, last few yeah, years. And they, they, that's the thing. You're, you're absolutely right. Dusty, to me, should have been... Like, you have the best roster in baseball, and you haven't gotten out of the first round. Yeah. Like, that, no, he should have been fired, yes. Yeah, for sure. That's a problem. I think that's different than what, you, what Joe Madden has been doing, but it, time will tell, right? I mean, that'll be an interesting one. Like, I wouldn't pass... Uh, I wouldn't put it past the Cubs to do something like that, maybe. Um, I, You know, it is what it is, but it's an interesting conversation. Yeah. It's definitely something that we'll we'll see how it plays out as the year goes on, and you know we'll see how successful or unsuccessful the the Cubs are this year. But let's move on to the NBA. We know awesome. we know that the Western Conference is set, and we we have exactly what everyone thought was going to happen, and we have exactly what everyone wanted to happen. Um, you know, in my opinion, and in most people's opinions, the Rockets are the only team in the NBA that has a chance to take down the Warriors. Do they have a chance, Ant? I don't think they have a chance. I mean, I think, I, you know, like I said, with that said, this isn't going to be a sweep or, or, or even maybe a five-game series. I, I, to me, I have the Warriors in six. And as we were, as you were saying, I should say, the, I think the one reason why we feel like Houston had the only chance to take down Golden State was just because of their offensive firepower, right? I mean, they can put points up on the board. But the problem is, is you're going up against a team who, if not 
better than you can also put up the same amount of points on the board, right? And they're so deep. Um, yeah. So I don't. I would be very surprised. Um, you know, I, to put it to you this way, and I know we're talking about the West right now, I'd be more surprised if Houston beat Golden State than I would Boston beating the Celtics. Or I'm sorry, Boston beating the Cavs. If, really? If Boston makes it to them. Yeah, I would. I, I don't think I don't think Houston has a chance. I think they'll make it a series. I hope they make it a series. Um, I just think Golden State has too much offensive firepower, even yeah. for the Rockets. I mean, you know, I'm I have I'm a huge Rockets fan. I've been, you know, kind of yeah. the, the the voice of reason for them on the show with Tyler being such a Warriors Cavs Warriors Cavs Warriors Cavs but I mean I obviously I've had more chance to see the Warriors play now that they're on TV you know every other day in the playoffs dude they're a different team with Steph Curry they are a different team with Steph Curry um it's really it's tough and you know there's there's this side of me now that you know I, I want Houston to win of course but the more I'm watching the Warriors play the less I'm feeling like they can beat the Warriors. I mean, Steph is a top five player, top six player. I mean, KD's the second best player in the world. They have four all-stars on that team. You know, they they were a team that, you know, set the record for wins in a season and then added Kevin Durant. It's just, yeah, I mean, they've been playing together for a long time too, whereas this is kind of the first year that the new look Rockets have been together. And it's, you know, 82 games plus, you know, whatever, 10 games in the playoffs is, is a long time to be together. But man, you know, to have that connection for two two years with all of these guys and, you know, four years, five years with Draymond, Clay, and Steph, it, it's going to be tough. You, you're, you hit it on the nose. They are so deep. I mean, Andre Iguodala, you know, was an NBA Finals MVP for them. They, you know, they have so many weapons and so many shooters that I really hope the Rockets win for the sake of the NBA because I, I think fans are 100% starting. One hundred percent agree. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. I think fans are getting bored, and I think it would be best for the NBA for the Rockets to win. But there's this part of me now that's just I don't see it, man. Hmm. Yeah, it's I, I couldn't disagree with anything you said there. I, I just look. I guess we can the, the, the guard play. In that series, is going to be fantastic, and, and and almost to the point where they might cancel each other out. I mean, uh, you know, if you will, right? You know, you're, you're Durant and Curry, um, and 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 you got you know Harden and, and CP3. Like they, they should cancel each other out points wise, you know, uh, assist wise, everything. It's going to be the supporting cast. It's going to be the supporting cast on both teams. Who comes to play, right? Is is you know you're going to need Eric Gordon to show up. You're going to need Brian Anderson to show up. You're going to need you know, even a guy like Joe Johnson to show up and bring his his veteran experience. These guys are going to have to show up every game, play great basketball if you want to win that series. Yeah, in my opinion. that's the tough part. You know, it's not just a one game, you know, or even a three game series. To go out and beat the Warriors four times is not an easy feat, and, and it tough. is going to it's going to take everybody's best effort. You know, including those stars and James Harden and Chris Paul, who had forty in the closeout win yesterday. So, you know, you know, we'll see. But I want to go back to your, your comment about you think it would be more shocking to see the Rockets beat the Warriors than it would be to see the Celtics beat the Cavaliers, correct? Yeah, if I had to pick one. If I had to pick one, uh, you know, that's not to say the Celtics are beating the Cavs. And obviously, as I'm watching the game right now, uh, Celtics are up to – I mean, so we're, we're assuming the Celtics, you know, get, get there, of right, course. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, if I had to pick one, I would go with the Celtics just because – 
they are the hardest working team with the, with the best coach in the league. And this is, even though like LeBron's Cavs team has looked dominant the last five games or whatever that they've been, they won five in a row. I still think this is the weakest team he's ever been a part of. Okay, so when you have a Celtics team that anybody on every, any given night can 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 score the basketball and, and they play great team basketball, like to me, why not? And again, that's not to say that they're going to do it. Okay, they're not going to do it, but if I had to pick, I guess. Yeah, and that's fair. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, no one is stopping LeBron James. So you're right; it is right. about the supporting cast. And if, if they play like they did in the Toronto series, you know, sweeping Toronto, obviously, then no one's no one's beating the Cavs in the East. That I mean, the Celtics aren't beating them. But if we see that supporting cast play similar to like they did in the first round, I mean, I, then there's no doubt Boston can beat them. Like you said, they, they have the best coach in the NBA who was snubbed today, didn't even get one vote for coach of the wow, year. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah, so Dwayne Casey won the award, which... No, I mean, I'm not upset that Dwayne Casey won the award. You know, Toronto had a great year. I personally still thought that it should have been Brad Stevens, but for him to get, not get one vote is is ridiculous. But, yeah, I wow. mean, they play great defense. They're well coached. You know, they don't rely on that superstar like LeBron James. You know, they play great team basketball, as you mentioned. They have young players that are hungry. They have veterans and Al Horford. And, yeah, and they're they're a good team. There's a reason that for the last two years they have been in the position they've been in. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, are you surprised that they're up right now three one and and, and, and and looking to move past the Sixers like that? Like I, you know, and I, I know you guys, I've been hearing you know the other shows like you guys were all high on the Seventy Sixers, and I was was high in the Seventy Sixers too. I mean, I thought I thought that was going to be the team to to give LeBron the biggest struggle, and and look what the Celtics have just done. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I wouldn't put anything past the Boston Celtics. Uh, especially after this run that they've had without two superstars um, due to injury. That's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I agree. And I am. I am surprised to answer your question, you know, to see them here on the brink of closing out this series in five games. I mean, you know, they the first game against the Sixers, dominant. They won by 16. That game was never close. And then the next game, they go ahead and they win by five. You know, they show that they can win close. The next game, they win by three in Philadelphia. Um, they couldn't pull off the sweep. But then here they are up uh, up again 10, and it's kind of been like that the whole game. So for me, yeah, it, it is a little bit surprising. Um, everyone kind of thought with Joel Embiid coming back and, you know, being fully healthy, obviously he still has the mask and all that. But, I mean, Boston plays incredible defense. They have found the answer to stop Ben Simmons. They have essentially, you know, shut down Joel Embiid as well. He's had a pretty bad series and they've, they've just said next man up because they've dealt with injuries and they have answered the question every single time. So, and, and, and I don't know if I ever got it. Cause I, so I said, you know, going back sorry, to the Western Conference here for a second, I said Golden State in six. What, what was your, what, what do you think? Man, I want to see it go seven. seven. I want to see it go seven. And the only reason that it may go seven is because Houston does have home court. Um, so, you know, getting to play four games at home, and then obviously Golden State will have three at home. Man, you know, I I really, really, really want to see Houston win it, obviously as a Houston fan, but as, as of a basketball fan, I want to see Houston win it because it gets boring. It gets boring, and I know for people that don't watch the NBA as heavily as I do or you do or Tyler does or, you know, like heavy NBA fans, no one wants to see the same team play in the NBA championship every single year. And especially when it's a team like the Warriors facing, 
you know, most likely the Cavs. You know, LeBron James is great, but they're not winning that series. The no, game. yeah, it's exactly. That's the thing. Like, I I don't mind the little rivalry between the Warriors and, and, and Cavs after the last couple of years. Like, I think that's really cool. It's, it's really nice to see. You don't see that happen often. It's just the problem with this year is there's just not enough star power on, on the Cavs for me to, to – to really enjoy that like if, if they still had the Kyries and you know obviously love still on the roster but like to me that would be an interesting you know what is it what's it been now three years in a row that it would be or this would, would this be, be the, the fourth? fourth this would be the fourth okay and that's what I'm saying I mean maybe yes that's one too many maybe three is, is was, was, was just enough. right yeah we already it, have it, the trilogy exactly it, it, it's look what sport can you say and I don't know what, about you, because obviously we weren't really talking about this at the beginning of the season, but is there anybody out there that didn't think it was going to be the Warriors-Rockets and then in the East, the Celtics and, and, and Cavs? No, like, that's literally. probably exactly what everybody thought. And that's the thing. And I get what you're about to say, because you just hinted at it. What other sport can you say that would happen? None. None. Yeah. Because you look at the NFL, and if, if as me, if I had to say you know, give me your AFC championship, I would probably say the Steelers and Patriots. How often have we seen that? We haven't, you know? It's been the Patriots yeah. and someone else. And in the NFC, it's kind of, you know, it's been wide open. So It's always wide open. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So that's sure. the thing that is, you know, so exciting about, you know, an NHL like me and Tyler alluded to. Um, you know, obviously, the you know, Pittsburgh has won the last couple of Stanley Cups, but it's always new teams. It's always, you know, exciting series where in the NBA, you know, the Warriors just won, you know, two five-game series. The Rockets just won two five-game series. Um, them playing each other is going to be the most exciting thing we see in the playoffs. So, it's let me ask you this because sure. I, I had a I had a discussion with some some colleagues at work the other day. LeBron on the Rockets for for a second. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's just you know, I, to me, I see a couple options. You know, he stays in Cleveland. He joins the Sixers. Okay, he he goes to the Rockets. You know, he might. Look, he might want to get back at, at, at Golden State in a bad way. Maybe he joins the Rockets. I think LeBron of the Rockets definitely beats the Warriors. I mean, would you agree? Or how do you think he'd fit with the Rockets? He would. They would dominate the Warriors. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you're looking at you know a Cavaliers team that, with LeBron James at the helm, beat the beat the Warriors, and then you're looking at a Rockets team that right now has the best chance of beating the Warriors. So you take yeah. the best player in the world and you put him on the team that had the best record in the NBA. You know, I mean, LeBron is a different animal in the playoffs as well. That would be very intriguing, but I, I, I think the Rockets would dominate that series, to be honest. Yeah, that would be. That would be very interesting. Like I said, I think if uh, I think if LeBron were to lead the Cavs, it's, you know, obviously going to be to get more rings. There's no doubt. And, and you know, I think I and again we're getting off topic a little bit here and, and, and if you if we want to move on, we move on. I think I think this is the if if they go to the finals and I'm talking about the Cavs and they lose in four or five, I think LeBron's gone in in the biggest way. And there's a, it's like what are you doing? You know, what what are you doing in the NBA with all these teams out there? It's like you know, yeah, you got the Cavs in the East, you got the the Warriors in the West, but other than that, what are you doing? You know, you, it's either you're you're competing to make it to the playoffs or you're rebuilding. You know, exactly. It's yeah, it's a shame. No, I, I would love to talk about that. Um, it, it is a shame. You know, there's there's realistically, you know, one to three teams in the NBA that have a legitimate chance of winning an NBA championship, and 
I wouldn't, and I wouldn't really say the Cavs were one of them before the season started. Um, you know, obviously now with Kyrie and, and Hayward out, um, the, the Cavs are probably that third team. It's the Warriors, the Rockets, and the Cavs. But yeah, I mean, yeah. if LeBron gets swept or goes five games, or even quite frankly six games, I, I think he's gone as well. Um, I know you mentioned you know Philadelphia as an option. Um, obviously, you mentioned Houston. I, I would I would be shocked if he did not go to Los Angeles. I know that that's kind of been the talks for a while, and then those talks kind of uh, you know simmered out with the whole Lavar Ball. You know, I, personally, I would not want to go to LA and play with someone whose father is like LeVar Ball. I hate that man. But the Lakers have enough cap space to go ahead and get LeBron and another max free agent, and they have enough young talent around them to either, you know, build around him or trade them to go get a third superstar, similar to how, you know, the Warriors are built. So we'll see. I think it's going to be an interesting offseason. Yeah, that's an interesting one with the Lakers. Honestly, I – look, if you're LeBron James – there would be absolute like you have a free pass to the finals every year in the East. Okay, so with that said, you also want to keep in mind the Warriors, obviously in the West. Okay, in the West. So if you're LeBron, if you're going to leave Cleveland, like to me, this if he goes to the 76ers, does that get past the Warriors? Like I don't know, that could be a debate. We'll see how the Warriors grow. They're too young, right? Or I'm sorry, the Sixers. Let's see how they grow. They're too young at the moment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but if you're gonna go to the West and and for, and, and pass up that free pass in the East, I don't know. I don't think he goes to the Lakers. I mean, you're you're gonna go to the like who's the only team that can take down the Warriors? Right. And you, and, no, no, no. And like you said, you know. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, and I get what you're saying about the free pass, but if you think about it that way, if they do get past the Warriors, then it's a free pass to the NBA championship because nobody in the East is beating LeBron James or you know, whatever team he joins in the West. But I, I do see your point. You know, we, we kind of, the thing, I just don't see him going to Houston mainly because, you know, there was all this talk about, and it would be a little bit different, but with Kevin Durant coming, you know, from Oklahoma city to, to the Warriors, a team he couldn't beat. And obviously the Rockets aren't the team that he can't beat. It's the Warriors, but the Rockets are kind of in that same boat. James Harden, you know, is, has been that the Kevin Durant, in a sense, of the Rockets. You know, he cannot get past the Warriors in the West. I don't see him going to the Rockets simply because of how ball-dominant the, you know, the two guards are with Chris Paul and, and James Harden. But who knows? I mean, they would, I, like I said, if they if he goes there, they are they are dominating the, the Warriors, in my opinion. So mm, That's interesting. I, you know, again, let's not get past these playoffs. I hope it's, you know, two... Good rounds, and I hope the finals are good. Uh, but the, you know this upcoming NBA, you know, situation with him and, and Paul George and some of the some of these other guys. I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting off season, like you said, Paul George. Um, you know, obviously the LeBron situation. We'll see what happens with Kawhi. There's a lot of storylines that's going to happen once the season you know wraps up. But let's hope that this Warriors Rockets series gives us something exciting because this NBA playoffs really has not been. You know, a whole lot of fun to watch, especially when you see something like the NHL playoffs that's been happening right now and how fun that has been. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. But yeah, yeah. Let's move on to to your favorite sport, the NFL. Um, nice. You know, we've been unleashing the rankings lately. Uh, the other day, we just had our, our running backs and wide receivers come out. So I want to start. We're going to move over to the defensive side um, and, and we're going to rank two um, positions almost, I guess, two kind of. 
not positions really, because the first one we're going to talk about is defensive line. Um, and when we're talking about defensive line, um, we we classify that as anyone that plays on the defensive line or whom is a, an edge rusher, um, someone like a Von Miller or you know a Khalil Mack. So with that being said, how our list ended up being, uh, we'll go through one through eleven actually, because we had we had two ties. Um, so with that being said, we'll, we'll start from top to bottom. Number one being Aaron Donald. Number two, Von Miller. Three, J.J. Watt. Four, Gerald McCoy. Uh, tied for fifth was Khalil Mack and Calais Campbell. Seventh was Demarcus Lawrence. Eighth, Chandler Jones. And then uh, tied for, for 10 here, uh, Jadavian Clowney and Joey Bosa. Hmm. Is there anybody on that list right away that you think uh, is missing? Anybody that comes to your mind? Uh, okay, so I'm going to throw out a guy just because being out of Chicago and, and watching him on a weekly basis, Akeem Hicks is one of the most underrated defensive linemen, I think, in the game. I mean, the guy is just... It, and David, you, you, I know you're, you're a Texans guy. I don't know how much Bears you actually watch. but Yeah, no, I see them. They're on TV all the time, for sure. Yeah, he's he was one of the dominant defensive guys on our team last year and he would just blow it up and to not really have much around him on on that defense line to be doing the things he was doing like could you imagine putting him on like the Jaguars defensive line like the guy would be dominant um am I saying he's a top you know five defensive tackle you know or, or lineman in football no I mean of course not but I think that's the guy that that it just gets under he just gets passed and he's he's definitely underrated in my opinion yeah, I I want to. There are two people that are not on this list that I thought for sure could have been, but I wanted to allude to what you said about the Jacksonville Jaguars comment, um, and that's kind of where Calais Campbell is, you know, a little too high on this list for me. I mean, do not get me wrong, the man had a dominant year last year. I think he was the reason that the Jaguars defense really got rolling, but um, you know, he had so many people around him. He had great corners around him, just a great defense, and obviously all of that helps. Um, so I, I kind of see him being a little high. I was a little shocked, to be honest, that he was tied with Khalil Mack. Um, Khalil Mack is is a stud. But for me, the two people that I thought should have been on this list, and, and it's really hard to say who I'd replace them with because this was really tough for me. I mean, these this was this probably the hard. hardest one for me of all yeah. the positions we have done so far. Um, but Fletcher Cox of the Eagles, you know, he can line up on, as a defensive tackle and just stop the run. Uh, he disrupts the passer. He kind of plays everywhere on the line. And then someone who I'm sure you've seen being in the same division as the Bears is Everson Griffin um, out of yeah. the Minnesota Vikings. You know, he's he is a stud, always disrupting the passer, so fast, so powerful. I, I think people, now that the Vikings are, you know, they were great last year, but people didn't really expect them to be great. Now that the eye will kind of be on them, I think people will see just how good Everson Griffin is. Yeah, I, I like both of those players, and you know, the, the thing, the, the reason why to me this was so tough to do is, and, and I guess this is just with any list in general, I don't know how you were playing the injury point of view into all of this. Like, for example, to me, and I think JJ, you said, was number three on this list. I think he's the best defensive player in football. Um, but the injury problems, like, I think pushes him back a bit. Right? Yeah, and no I doubt. How you... What is it, would you agree? Is that how you kind of determined your list based on injuries and things yeah, like that too? Yeah, I did. And I had I had J.J. Watt um, actually fourth on my list for the injury reasons. You know, 
when he has played, we have seen how dominant he, you know, he's been. He, uh-huh. I mean, he gets constant double teams, and he is still constantly producing in insane numbers. But I, I had personally, in order, I had Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and Gerald McCoy above him. But when healthy, yeah, I think he is him or. I mean, Aaron Donald had a you know monster year last year. He's unbelievable. Yeah, He's unbelievable. he he really is. Yeah, but dude, I mean, honestly, you know, going through even the quarterbacks, you know, tight ends, and even the running backs and receivers, which was tough. This was the hardest one for me, in my opinion. There were so many good people that got got left off this list. Um, some other people to name were you know Cameron Jordan, uh, Geno Atkins, Michael Bennett. Um, I know Miles Garrett had a, a couple votes in there as well. So there's there's a lot of dominant defensive linemen and, and edge rushers. I know Brandon Graham was also on that list. Is there anyone on this list that you see falling out of the top ten? Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know necessarily falling out. Actually, one of the guys that you mentioned, Cameron Jordan, I, I, I really like as a football player. I think he's the most dominant uh, defensive player on that Saints defense. Um you know, and, and you know, it always seems like come uh, come playoff time or, or maybe towards the end of the season that St. Stephens tends to show up, and he's a big part of that, in my opinion. So, like, I really liked him. One of the guys that's actually on the list from towards the bottom, uh, Bosa. I I I love that. I love his motor, man. He's a, he's a great pass rusher. He's always a hundred percent every play. To me, I think he should be a little bit higher on the list if I had to pick one of these guys, maybe like a Chandler Jones or, or Demarcus Lawrence fall a little bit. I love Clowney. I, I think he was tied with Bosa, but um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I, I don't think Demarcus Lawrence or Chandler Jones, who led the league in sacks last year, you know, has as good a year next year as they did this past season. And I agree. Joey Bosa is going to climb this list. I think he climbs into the top five next year. You're right. I mean, his motor is unbelievable. Um, kind of like a, a Khalil Mack in that sense where he's just you know, always, always going hard, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, um, he's all over the field when he needs to be, but yeah, man, he's a lot of fun, and when he came into that lineup for the Chargers a couple of years ago, um, I know he, he came came off injury, right away, he dominated, and last year, we kind of saw that all, you know, accumulate and come together. So, yeah, I agree, I... It, it, it was a very, it, I literally spent, I mean, probably a couple hours trying to figure out how I wanted to do this list here because there's so many great players in this league. And, you know, and obviously talking about defensive line position and, and even the outside, it's tough too for me because I agreed with the fact that we kind of use the edge rushers as part of this whole group here. I always value the edge rush more than I do the D tackle. Uh, and, and so when you have so many great edge rushers and, you know, getting to the quarterback team is one of the most important components of the game. Yeah, it was tough. This was a tough thing to do with this list. Yeah, I agree. And it, it was kind of, you know, I was kind of torn when we were, you know, texting back and forth, all of us, to try to figure out, you know, where do we put the edge rushers in this list? Because you think about a guy, you know, in our linebacker list who I'm assuming everyone knows who our number one is in Luke Keekley. You know, I don't consider him and Von Miller the same position. And obviously one's considered an outside linebacker, one's considered, you know, an inside linebacker. But for right. me, you know, Von Miller is pretty much always rushing the passer. So that's kind of why we threw him on the defensive line. But I agree. Um, it, having pressure up front makes everything easier, easier for your defense. The quicker you can get to the cornerback, the less time your cornerbacks and safeties have to cover, you know, these talented receivers. And it does start up front. And, and that's why um, I know you said you value the defensive ends, the rushers more so than the defensive tackles. 
that's the only reason that Aaron Donald was number one on my list um, ahead of a guy like Von Miller is because he can do both, and he is just so dominant in the middle. Valid, valid point. And I, I agree. I mean, my list too, I had Donald as number one also just because. Yeah, everyone besides one a, person had him at one. Yeah, he's, a, he's the most dominant uh, defense player in football. I mean, there's no doubt the man is going to get paid. And if he doesn't get paid, come on down to Chicago. We'd love to have you. Anywhere. In fact, I was hoping we drafted you when you, when you came out. Yeah. Uh, I, I, he's out of what, Pittsburgh, I believe? Sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Okay, so looking at our linebacker list, this, um, the one and two were actually uh, consensus for everyone had the one, two in order. And then the three through ten was, you know, very close. What I what we do is we take the, you know, the rankings, we average them out and give them a score. So we had our number one and two, Luke Keekley and Bobby Wagner. Both of them were everyone's unanimous one and everyone's unanimous two. After that, the three through ten are separated by an average of three points. So they're ranked uh, 6.4 to 9.4 on average. Um, so okay. so rounding out the top ten, we have obviously Keekley and Wagner, C.J. Mosley, Deion Jones, Telvin Smith. Um, tied for sixth and seven was Sean Lee and Dante Hightower. And then we have Wesley Woodyard, Levante David, and Thomas Davis rounding out the top 10. Um, and then people that just missed, and it was very, very close for these for these guys, um, Danny Trevathan, Navarro Bowman, Kiko Alonso, Zach Brown, and Reuben Foster. Which, to be honest, if Reuben Foster didn't have the off-the-field issues, I think he would have been in the top 10. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I had him in the top 10, but yeah, because of the, the issues, I could totally see him missing. And that, that all goes into this, too, when... when when we kind of were talking about it, along with the injury thing, yeah, so I, I actually that. Is there anyone on the list that you were surprised made the top 10? I know when I was talking to uh, to Tyler and a couple other people that, you know, did the list with us, they were surprised that Thomas Davis um, snuck in there. Well, Thomas Davis, yeah, is, is he, well, so he, didn't he retire? Is he out of the league now? No, 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 he's still, he's still playing. With the Panthers? Okay. Yeah. I thought he was considering retirement, and maybe, maybe he's probably. I know he has like the concussion, or like yeah, a, he's definitely up there, and he's he's not a super young guy either. Yeah, I. You know what? I think I was under the impression that he he was done uh, for this upcoming season. But if he's still around, for sure, a top ten linebacker. Him and him and Kingsley is just that one two punch is so fun to watch. I mean, and again, you know, it's tough to say like. Again, when you're not rush, uh, rushing the passer, you're not, you know, catching the football or running the football. To be a linebacker and to be that fun to watch is just crazy. And the two of them are just great. So I, I do like him in the top ten. One guy, and again, it goes back to just the injury problems, is Sean Lee. Yeah. I like, what is Sean Lee doing in the top? Like, he, he's got top ten skills. The man is a tackling machine. He's always around the football. But if you can't stay on the field, no thanks. Yeah, I agree. Um, I personally had Sean Lee in my top 10. I had him at 10. Um, he, he did end up being tied for six. I know a lot of people had him pretty high on the list. I mean, there's, he's, a, he's a top five talent when healthy, but when's the last time he's played a full season, you know? It, it's been a long time. And for me, the guy that I think climbs the highest on this list, I think we'll maybe see him at two or three at the very least, to be honest, is Telvin Smith. Telvin Smith, I I was hoping that's what you were gonna say. The guy, that guy is, he's got so much potential. 
and obviously still very young, and, and he's going to grow, you know, as the years go on and continue to work hard in the offseason. I, I could see him being the best line. You know, as, as Keaton leaves, you know, you know Bobby Wagner's still going to be around, but he might be the best linebacker in, in football in the next couple of years. Yeah, he is a beast. You know, he flies around the field. He's a great tackler. Um, he, he gets interceptions. He forces fumbles. He'll get sacks. Dude, yeah, he is he's electric, and he is very young. Um, obviously, being surrounded by that great – excuse me, defense around him in, in Jacksonville helps. But I think, I think to be honest, you know, we, t- we talked about Calais Campbell kind of getting things going for them. I think he's kind of the energizer bunny of this defense. Mm-hmm. I also, on the list, and, and my, the three people that we, that we kind of ranked here, they were actually the top three in mine with, with, with Keith Lee, Bobby Wagner, and actually C.J. Mosley. I, I love C.J. Mosley. I, I, I'm a huge, like I said, huge guy uh, component with him. I think he also... Um, as some of these other guys, you know, continue to get older and, and kind of, uh, you know, get driven out of the league a little bit, I think he takes over too as one of the top guys, uh, in my opinion, as well. Yeah, I mean, he's he's also you know a younger guy. He has 132 tackles last year. Um, he's a he's an Alabama product. He's he's uh-huh. he's all over the field. I know he had like three forced fumbles, a pair of interceptions last year. So I agree. I, I think C.J. Mosley was right at number three. Um, I don't. I don't think that's a bad ranking at all for him. I, I also had him. I believe four. I may have had Telvin Smith three. I'd have to go back and check on that. But yeah, I mean the linebacker position. This one de- definitely wasn't as tough for me. I don't think it's as deep as a position as you know defensive lineman. Um, right. Mainly because we kind of limited it to inside linebackers. But yeah, I mean Keekley is a stud. He's been the best linebacker in the league for for the last few years now. Um, you know we'll see how hopefully he can hold up with. I know he's had some concussion issues as well. So, uh, I think it's a good list. I think for the most part, all of our lists have been, you know, fairly, fairly accurate in my opinion. I want. Yeah, there's one player. There's one player we're, we're missing too um, on the middle linebacker spot, and that's Roquan Smith. What do you think? <laughs> Just kidding. Hey. He's got some. <laughs> I hope so, right? After this year, I don't see why not, right? I mean, yeah, this is. No, I, I agree. This is not a position like running back or wide receiver where it's you know it's kind of hard to sneak into that top ten as a rookie or you know a quarterback, but. This this is a you know middle linebacker for a team that really needs one, and he's going to be on the field from day one all the time, and he's going to be making plays all the time. Um, I read quite a few articles about him that a lot of experts are picking him right now as you know the the defensive player rookie of the year. So we'll see. Yeah, they got they got a lot of good grades that that draft the Bears did. Yeah, they did. And, uh, I really hope that you know. In the in the few, in the coming weeks, let's let, let's definitely have a show about the the Bears offseason, and maybe just the offseason of of the NFL in general, um, because I I think there were some interesting things that happened, and yeah, I'm 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 excited with the Bears, man. I, I hope Brogan turns out. I I think he will. Yeah, we will definitely make sure that we can touch on some of that in a, in a future Anth time. But I want to talk about some more stuff on Anth time right now. Um, so we obviously saw the the four game suspension for Mark Ingram. What impact does that have on the Saints and, in, in particular, Alvin Kamara? Uh, that's an interesting one. I mean, Alvin Kamara is just a, a what a stud. I mean, you know, to, 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 what was he? I think a fourth round pick or fifth round pick or something like that. I mean, he catches he catches the football. He was he was running the ball. I mean, he did it all. Well, how does it impact him? I mean, that's a great one-two punch. I I, I love that one-two punch. You, you know, you bring in, you know, Kamara on, on the third downs and 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 you know the ability to pass, you know, uh, or catch the pass out of the backfield. Like that's just huge. With in, 
Ingram, he was just the, he was just the one two. Like I want to just take it right to you and give you body shots, and and that that opened it up for for Kamara. I think it, it opened up a lot of lanes. The defense was was really tired and taking a lot of hits for him. But um, I don't know what does it do for Kamara. I mean, he's still gonna ball out. I I think. And and what what's the, how long is he suspended for? Four games. Yeah, four games. Yeah, I mean, he's still gonna. I don't I don't think it affects him too bad. Other than now he's the. You know, he's going to be the workhorse. And, you know, they probably shared the field, I'd say, 50-50 last season, so it shouldn't be too big of a deal. Um, but obviously when you lose an Ingram, like, it's just it's going to affect the offense as, as a whole, in my opinion. He's, he's, a, he's a good talent. Yeah, um, you, you hit it right on the nose. Um, and he, he was a third-round pick, by the way. But, yeah, he wasn't, you know, a highly touted guy, you know. But, but yeah, he, he was electric last year. Um, and, and for me, that one-two punch, you know, you alluded to it, you, that, that hit it right there. You know, Ingram was going to come in, he was going to shove the ball down your throat and put his head down and run through you, um, where Kamara is kind of the, you know, the breakaway play and, you know, shifty guy. Um, so we'll see, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see if Kamara taking this big of a workload, you know, I, I, obviously he's not going to be having a 6.1 yard per carry average anymore next year. Of course. Um, even, right. with, even with a non-suspended Ingram but you know we'll see I'm kind of excited to see how he can do on his own because you know that's the goal one day is for him to be that workhorse back um so so we'll see it early I think it helps his his uh fantasy rankings for sure to say the least uh, it sure does at least for the four, first four games although like I said it doesn't matter who you're putting you know Ingram could be there the whole season and, and Kamara is still going to be you know, probably a top five running back taken. You know, I would, I would think, um, with, especially in the PPR league with the, with the catches. And it's just like it's amazing. You know, he comes on the field, and it's like you, uh, you automatically can just guess that they're going to get him the football. Like he just touched the ball so much as a rookie and was so dominant. Right. I mean, and and for a team that had Mark Ingram, who I mean, I, I don't necessarily want to say Mark Ingram was a disappointment. But I don't know if he necessarily ever lived up to the hype that he was supposed to be. Last year was definitely his best year in the NFL. Um, right. But, yeah, I mean, for, for Kamara to come in and, and have the impact that he had, yeah, I mean, there's there's no doubt that it was pretty, pretty amazing. Um, I have one more question about um, the NFL before we get into some fantasy football talks, and that's Matt Ryan. Um, he just got that that big contract extension. Is he worth being the richest paid quarterback in the NFL? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There's, there's, you know, uh, you have Brady, obviously. You know, you have Aaron Rodgers, who Aaron Rodgers is, is due next, right? But I, look, I understand why he got paid. I mean, that's just the quarterback position in general. And, you know, it's whoever's next up is going to continue to be the highest paid quarterback, you know, in my opinion. I mean, Joe Flacco has probably the worst contract in, 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 in all the sport, right? He's just... You know, some of these quarterbacks are so overpaid, but I understand why. I mean, I understand why that's just the market for him. And, you know, if, if you're the Falcons and you don't do this, like, do you want to risk losing Matt Ryan and starting all over again? Yeah, no. You know, I, I definitely understand that perspective. You know, he's he hasn't been the best quarterback in football, obviously, but he's won an right. MVP. Um, he went to the Super Bowl in that MVP season. You know, for the most part, he's been a winner. That's, that's the biggest thing about him is – um, you know he he has an arm obviously, but he's a winner. They you know they find ways to win. No, he's not worth the money. But yeah, it is. It's harder to find a quarterback in this league than any other position by far. 
So no, you don't want to go ahead and start over with you know Matt Ryan, who still has you know years ahead of him. There's no doubt about yeah. that. Right, I agree completely. And again, you know, good for him. He got paid. You know, he, um, you know, look, he took the Falcons to the Super Bowl. You know, like you said, he has the he had the MVP year. Didn't win it. You know, um, does he deserve that? Does he deserve to be the highest paid quarterback? Obviously not. I mean, there, there's 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 I don't I don't even know where I'd even rank Matt Ryan in the top ten. I personally did not have him in my top ten. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, and, and that's right. You guys had a show about, about that, too. But come on. I mean, does he deserve to be the highest paid quarterback? Absolutely not. It just turned out that he was the next one to be paid. And, you know, they're going to, as a, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're good enough, they're going to continue to keep paying you more than the next guy. And that's just how it goes. Yep, no doubt. Like you said, he was the next one up. There In a couple months, I'm sure, or at least by, you know, the middle of next season, he won't be the highest paid quarterback. Yeah, Rodgers is due next, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's, uh, he's up next. Yeah, so. he is. We'll okay. see. Because we've seen guys like him and, and Tom Brady as well, you know, take those pay cuts to that's true. put that team around that's them. That's true. That's true. There's, there's no doubt. That's why Brady hasn't been paid the way he should. Of, of course, it's, that's part on him for, for kind of giving it back to, to get a better supporting team. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. If you're one of these teams, it's like you have no choice. You have absolutely no choice because if you don't, the next team will, and you're going to be starting fresh. Yep. And, and, and that just puts you back way too much. The quarterback position is too important not to have a guy locked up. And if that's the market for a quarterback – uh, you know, especially one with an MVP and, and, and a Super Bowl appearance, then so be it. Okay, I wanna I wanna move on here to to the to the fantasy football talk a little bit. So what me and Anth are gonna do? Um, we're just gonna give you like a first round, um, you know, mock PPR twelve team draft. Um, so t- uh, so Anth, I'll let you go first. I'll go second. We'll just switch off from there. Um, and then and then I have one more question for you after that. So go ahead first with your number one overall pick. Okay. This is this is interesting, okay? And and if you know me, we've been in many leagues together, all right? PPR or not, you know how I value the running back position. Okay? Yeah, everyone and, should. And, my, and, my, and, and I have this argument with a lot of people, especially in the PPR, people like, you know, will value the wide receiver position and all this other stuff. Um, there's only so many running backs, man. And, you know, you could find... You know, like Larry Fitzgerald last year, like I think I had him on the roster. I got him in like sixth round in the most fantasy points as a wide receiver. You know, not not last year. This was probably two years ago. Yeah, but last um, year he had a great year too. I get your point yeah, he though. Had a yeah, great year. yeah. So to me, I'm still taking Le'Veon number one. Okay. Okay. I, I know he's <laughs> I know he's been around for a while. I think he still has got a couple more years in him. I'm taking him number one overall. Okay. Okay. See, for me, if I'm drafting in an actual fantasy football draft, I would love to be sitting number three, maybe even number four, um, because there's so many good running backs, you know, three or four to me that are in like that stud tier. Um, But for me, number two, I'm taking Todd Gurley. Yeah. Okay. Good. I was hoping you go running back. Yeah. Gurley's a beast. Gurley is a beast. He, you know, his first year, he, he, he was okay, right? And then. The second, I mean, where did he come from? I mean, the man just dominated football last year. Yeah, I mean, he was a stud as a rookie, kind of, you know, had a sophomore slump and then was a stud last year. I believe he was Offensive Player of the Year in the NFL. And, you know, yeah, he dominated. He had, I think he led the league in touchdowns as well. So it's a pretty easy choice. Whichever, 
for me, the like I said, the one through four is, you know, I'll take any of those spots. Um, but especially one, two, you know, give me Le'Veon or give me Todd Gurley. I'm cool with either of those. Right, right. Um, okay, so now we're on the third third pick here. Man, to me, and again, based on how I like it, and, and obviously I'm not, you know, these would be different teams picking and all this other stuff. Antonio Brown's on the board, and, and, and between me and you, like I feel like he'd be the next person to go. Based on my philosophy, though, I'm still going running back, you know, in, in, in my philosophy. Man, and now you have a guy like, okay, so you have Ezekiel Elliott, all right, who, who would be on the board. Even like an Alvin Kamara with a PPR league who's going who's gonna to probably get you 50, 60 catches, plus his rushing, plus his receiving touchdowns and all this other nonsense. Man, dude, I, I would go Kamara, honestly. Even really? Ezekiel. Yeah, 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 especially... And, and, and this because of, of, of PPR. Zeke doesn't catch the ball t- enough for me. Um, I value the running back so much more than I do a wide receiver. I know Brown's on the board, but like I'm going to come back next round and I'm going to get a stud receiver who's going to. And I, I did some research on this last year. Like the top ten running backs average points per game, and, and then like the next ten were so drastic. Yeah. And, and when you look at the top ten wide receivers and the and the, and, the, and then the next ten wasn't as different. Like you're talking about a point different or something like that. Right. So. I got to go running back again, and I think Kamara. Ah, oh man, you got Kareem Hunt. I just saw that's still there, but no, I like Kamara a lot. I like him. I think he has a great. He was a rookie last year. Yeah. So he's only. I mean, he's only going to get better. He's only gonna get better. Look, I'm. I'm okay with you taking Kamara. I'm shocked. Not that you didn't take Zeke. Not that you didn't take Antonio Brown. But at number four, give me David Johnson. Okay, so David Johnson, I love. Except how the injury now has he gone down? I mean, yeah, he's coming off the injury. Um, obviously, no Carson Palmer there anymore. But if anything, you know, it is a PPR league. You know, we've seen him catch the ball at, at a very high ability, and I, I think you know he's gonna he's gonna catch even more balls this year if he can stay healthy. Um, the man's a beast. He is he is so good. You know, last year it was kind of a debate between him and Le'Veon for the number one pick, and you know we'll we'll see how he comes back. It's not like he injured his knee; it was a wrist injury. So for me, I'll take David Johnson at four. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, all right, so again, <laughs> my strategy is always going to be running back. I'm always going to go running back, and that's your strategy. Maybe this is like the worst mock draft. That yeah, the yeah. Two worst people that could have been right. Yeah, we, if we need like 12 actual like, people to do this to make it more realistic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think for the heck of our viewers listening that are probably thinking, what the heck are these guys doing? I'm going to stick a receiver off the board. I'm going to go Antonio Brown. Obviously, if he's on the board... What are we now on the fifth pick? That's fifth a steal. Pick. Steal, um, yeah. yeah I, I, I'm going Antonio Brown. I think he has another dominant year with Ross, Roethlisberger, and you know he's 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 Antonio Brown. So. Yeah, and for me, um, you know, you mentioned Zeke up there. You mentioned his lack of ability to catch the ball, and you know he doesn't. It's not his his go to. He's a he's a he's a running back. Um, he's not like a, a dual threat like these Camaras and David Johnsons and Le'Veons. Um, not as much so for me. I'll I'll take DeAndre Hopkins at six. Okay. I like it. I like DeAndre Hopkins. I had him on my roster last year. You know, again, two years ago, he had a down year, and then this year he just comes out and just balls. I mean, he, man, and, and, and you know, for, for part of the year, like, you know, I, half the year he was playing with crap at quarterback. Yeah, no doubt. You know, so, and you being a Houston guy, I like that pick. I, I, I like DeAndre Hopkins a lot. So that would have been, what, six then? I'd be going on seven? Yep. I believe? Okay. 
gonna keep it simple you, you can't pass up ezekiel elliott at eight so give me zeke yeah okay zeke elliott at eight yeah he's a dominant player he's a dominant player i wish he caught the ball more yeah honestly. for sure uh, you know i hope he you know he he doesn't get into trouble again you know just 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 do what you need to do run the football you're gonna get a lot of touches in dallas obviously with des gone like he's gonna be the main component to that offense uh, yeah, good pick. Um, and I would like to make so, it clear uh, before you go on and to the ninth pick, um, if this is a non-PPR league, he's a top three pick. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I'm, I'm taking Saquon probably with the – yeah, or I'm sorry, uh, Zeke probably with the – you know, well, Gurley I still think goes to – Yeah, exactly. You know, I would have one. Zeke three yeah, probably. Right. Yeah, Zeke's probably the third best running back, no doubt. Um, okay, so now I'm going on uh, pick number – Nine here. Run nine. nine. I'm sorry. So now we're on nine. Um, Saquon's still there. Uh, I think I'm gonna just again for the heck of it go wide receiver here. I think Odell has a monster year, especially bringing Saquon into that offense. Like who? I mean, who are they gonna guard in in in, in York? I mean, obviously, you know, Odell will be there. Brandon Marshall is is still around. I believe he'll be coming. No, out no, he's gone. he's gone. He's gone. Oh, he is gone. But, but yeah, no, but they still have uh, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram. They have Sterling Shepard, Evan yeah. Ingram at tight end. Now you have Saquon. Yeah, no, I, I, I think Odell comes back and has, has another uh, fantastic season. Yeah. Look, this this uh, this uh top 20 players, essentially, are really exciting to me. If I can't get one of those studs at the top, like a Gurley, Le'Veon, uh, you know, David Johnson type of player, this number 10 pick is where I'd love to be sitting. And at, at, at number ten, then you can you know flip around and get another stud here you know in the in the early second round. Um, but at ten, give me uh give me Julio. Julio, okay. Even though, well, so we wide receivers so we, would we still have on the board? So Michael Thomas would still be there. Uh yeah, Michael uh, Thomas, Keenan yeah. Allen. Um, yeah, I like Julio. Yeah, I like the pick. I like the pick. I could I see Michael Thomas strictly because the PPR re- reason. Yeah, he gets I mean, a lot of catches. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, look, going back to the whole Breeze component versus, like, you know, Matt Ryan. And, you know, Julio's had some injury problems lately, too, you know, the last year or two. Um, I still like it. I mean, he's a top four or five receiver in the game. Yeah, no doubt. So you got pick uh, 11 here. All right, so at 11, I'm, so again, with my, with my running back component to this, I'm trying to think who we still have on the board. Uh, we still have Melvin Gordon on the board, who had a pretty decent season. Um, yeah. Leonard Fournette yeah. still on the board. Shady, I, you got Shady. Yeah, Shady McCoy still on the board. Um, <sighs> See, that's I why it's nice to have these picks because you could probably get both. You know, two of those four guys. Oh yeah, well, if you're picking eleven or twelve, absolutely, you're going to get two great uh, pass catching uh, running backs. Um, wow, this is tough. I. 
dude, I'm such a Barkley component, man. Like, I'm going to take Saquon. If I, if I'm, if this is real life and I'm the 11th pick, I am taking a flyer in Saquon. Okay. Just because, no, he's going to be a dominant feature to that offense. He's going to get the rock, you know, uh, you know, first, second, you know, he's going to catch the ball on third down. He, he's going to do it all for that Giants offense uh, and, and be a, 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 a scapegoat for Eli to, to drop the ball down. I think he, I think he racks up. He actually might have the most received receptions as a running back. Wow. If you if you told me that now at pick twelve I can get Leonard Fournette and then flip that around and get Shady McCoy, I would I would pray to have the twelfth pick in the draft. So uh, I, I'll take yeah, Leonard Fournette this, at twelve. Actually, this because this is you know I knew we were going to talk about this. This is the first time uh, you know fantasy is one of the things I love, right? For for football, that is and. I tend not to start looking at some of the stuff until, you know... I know, it gets you too excited, right? Yeah, exactly. I try not to look at it until after the playoffs are done, both in hockey and in the NBA, you know, because then it's really just like, okay, all you got is baseball, so now you kind of look forward to to the football coming back, and I get get involved with the fantasy. Based on what I'm looking at, man, I am excited. Yeah, you know, no matter where I'm picking the first round, I feel like I'm going to get a a great player. There's a lot of talent. I mean, it's it's deep. Yeah, no Um, doubt. I mean, to, to... To say the people that haven't, you know, we didn't take in our first round, I mean, to get someone like either Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, you know, LaShawn McCoy, Dalvin Cook, A.J. Green, uh, Melvin Gordon, McCaffrey, Mike Evans, Devontae Freeman, Adam Thielen, like, those are guys you're getting in the second round. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, it's 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 going to be – like, that was kind of fun, I, and that kind of gives me, gets me excited for, for, for the season because – yeah, like you said, if you're on the board of twelve and you have and you have those two players still available, I mean, there's so many players. Like, there's like we still have the fifth best receiver. Like, you still have uh, Thomas still on the board. I mean, it's yep. you know, lot to choose from. And sometimes picking twelve, I, I I don't mind that at all. Yeah, and and this is fancy football is my favorite part of football. It makes you know the game so much more enjoyable. I mean, I love football, you know, regardless. But fantasy football makes it so much more exciting. And you know, look forward to uh, to kicking your ass again this year. Even though I did you win? Did you win the league this year? I think okay. So I had the best record in the playoff, or you know, in the regular season. But I think your dad did. Your dad win? Big Poppy? I think he did. Wow, he might have. I know. Um, I think he beat me. I lost. I I didn't even make it to the playoffs. Actually, I had like my division was so stupid. Tyler is should no longer be the commissioner of our league. Um, no, he is not going to be doing that this year. No, yeah, I, Tyler, I if, Tyler, if you're listening to this, um, me and Anthony, and we uh, we have your dad as well. Uncle Larry just said you're boycotted from the league. So that uh, that is uh, that's that. Tyler's out. Fantasy football is still in, and um, yes. this was a lot of fun. So we look forward, Ant, to getting you back on here for Ant time soon. Thanks for covering for Ty tonight. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, this was a lot of fun, man. Anytime, and yeah, like I said, you know, whenever, you, whenever you guys want me back out, we can talk football and you know, or any of these other ones. I enjoyed talking about the NBA and, and all this other stuff. That was that was fun, man. I enjoyed it. Yeah, a lot of good insight. A lot of good insight. Yeah, you know, especially about the MLB. You, you know, you're very knowledgeable about that. Um, but again, thank, sure. thank you for coming on. Um, this was double overtime with Anthony tonight. You know, replacing Tyler. I'm your co- your host, David, and have a good night, guys. Take care.